Hi, this is Ricardo. Hi, this is Orla. Welcome to the recommendation <laughs> game, a film of the bi-weekly podcast where we take turns to pick a movie the other person hasn't seen, and then we watch it separately and meet to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. Happy Monday or whatever day of the week you're listening to. <laughs> Hopefully it's not 2020 anymore and yeah. life is better. So this week's movie was directed was directed by Orla. I mean, uh, oh chosen God. by Orla. <laughs> We've come full circle. It's eighth grade from 2018. Okay, so growing up can be a little bit scary and weird. We will begin to explore these changing bodies of yours. It's gonna be lit. Don't hold back. I wanna break free. As always, make sure to share and subscribe to my channel, Gucci. I think you're so cool. Maybe you just need to put yourself out there a little. I'm gonna stop when eating with you hey, if you keep doing this. You said I could say one thing. I'm really like nervous all the time. I try really hard not to feel that way, but you just need to face your fears and let people know they're really you. Directed by Bo Durnham, produced Burnham. by Scott Rudin, Eli Bush, Lila Jakob, and Christopher Storer. Written by Bo Burnham, starring Elsie Fisher, Josh Hamilton, Emily Robinson, Jake Ryan, and Fred Hedginger. And music by Anna Meredith, cinematography by Andrew Wade, and edited by Jennifer Lilly. Uh, this week's film was chosen by Orla. And yeah. as tradition, uh, why did you pick this movie? Uh, why would I pick yet another A24 film? Um, <laughs> I actually meant to uh, count earlier how many uh, A24 movies that we've done. Um, I didn't realize this was 2018. For some reason, I thought this film was much older than that. Uh, it feels like it's from a simpler time than uh, 2018 in a lot of ways. This is a film that kind of like is weirdly like timeless in some ways of that like there are obviously very modern elements in it in it of her like you know the social media is a big part of this but at the same time like so many of the themes in this are like so <laughs> universal i'm very conscious of me saying like now because i feel like i'm going to sound like kayla but um <laughs> sorry kayla um I don't really have uh, any prior relationship to Bo Burnham. I think I sort of vaguely knew who he was. Um, like I never really watched his videos or anything. Um, and obviously he's kind of like one of the founding members of the first era of, of YouTube. Um, and the, YouTube probably is... the only one that hasn't come out as a Nazi, so... <laughs> you, Give him time. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's only 27, he's young. Uh, no, I think he's actually 30 now. Bo Burnham was born in 1998. Does that make you feel old? Because it does for me. Um, <laughs> he was 27 when he made this film. Um, I do love that YouTube is now so old that we can see the different eras of it and that YouTubers are now making videos about the history of different genres and people and uh, like of YouTube itself. I've very much jumped into that that area of the internet and I find it very fascinating particularly because so many of them did, did indeed become Nazis or pretended to be Nazis um, for clicks and I don't know which is worse uh, but anyways um, what I loved about this is I think it was around the same time that Euphoria came out and uh, that HBO show about teenagers and uh, <laughs> I'm also like <sighs> I do like things like Riverdale that are just like, uh, you know, or, or Gossip Girl that are just, they're, they're like parodies of what, of teenagers. It's not, it's not, they're not real people. Like there's no wait, reality. Wait, wait. Gossip Girl is meant to be teenagers. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I thought that they were all like fucking like sex in the city 30 no. year old professionals no. well they, they were they were all 30 year old but um, no no they, they, it starts off they're all in high school and like Dan Humphrey's like the poor guy who lives in a giant loft in Brooklyn Jesus <laughs> Like, there's a very long history of people who clearly have their own children playing teenagers. But yeah, like, something like Euphoria, despite coming out in, like, 2020 and winning loads of Emmys and everyone going on and on about how great it was, um, 
it, that's that's kind of like a 35 year old man's vision of what teenagers are i know that they're supposed to be like 17 or whatever but it's like a, it's like a wet dream of every bad thing that a teenager could possibly get up to and this is like the complete polar opposite to those kinds of things even ones that are supposedly grounded in reality there is such a mundanity to this film and the world is so small and when i was afraid of rewatching it now whenever like everything's crazy and it's i find it hard to kind of relate to films from like you know the before times but because the world centered around such a small thing this film really really stood up for me and i was really glad that i had like randomly picked it because man like there were so a lot of like really um, like tough emotional moments in this film as well to kind of like sneak up on you but while also having some of the like humor and small moments of um of uh Bullborn himself and like his comedy and stuff and like there's some really amazing music cues in this that I really really like the kind of like mundanity of the main character that is kind of the strength and that that sounds really bad but she's just a really like normal person she's not like an idealized version she's not spouting out like pop cultural references from the 80s she's not like kayla likes chart music she likes going to the mall and she wants to not be so shy like that that is Kayla's world and like she, she's not particularly good at school she's not you know and yet like you are so invested in these small moments and like whenever she cracks her phone and whenever she like gets up the courage to do things it is so monumentous and like like you're on your edge of your seat to just watching this girl and you want her to like just succeed and whenever she shuts down and eventually has that conversation with her dad Kayla, Kayla, hey look at me look at me you're wrong if you grow up to have a daughter like you she will make you so so happy I, being your dad makes me so happy Kayla, you don't know you don't know how, how happy you make me it's beyond and it's I, I can't describe it it's um it's so easy to love you We've done a lot of uh, <clears throat> first directed films on this, mostly because of me. Um, but uh, and I think there there are issues, <clears throat> like particularly with the the high school plotline and how like the, the her friend who sort of disappears. I feel like the ending of this is a little bit condensed, where she's able to get out of her funk a little bit too easily, and they they kind of drop certain storylines, which I would have liked, liked a little bit more development on that. But um, at the same time, he everything is so like bookended by these really like smart little things of of like the um, the God, what are they called? So I would say time machine box. Um, what do you call the things you bury in the ground and then you you like open them later? Time capsule. Time capsules and they the time like... machine box. Wasn't <laughs> that what it is? Um, they what I like about this as well is that there there are a lot of like well-meaning adults in this film um, that are 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 seemingly too far removed from what it was like when they were 13 um or no 15 what age scale um to to really understand that having things like best eyes converse uh, competitions or saying most shy to people when they're at this fragile age is a fucked up thing to do and like <laughs> you know <laughs> we went to school in Ireland so things that we thankfully didn't have some of that weird like or we didn't have yearbooks or any of that fucking bullshit but like man when you look at that stuff now you're like why does this still exist why are they still doing this to teenagers like it's as if once you get like past the age of 30 you're just like you forget the pains and struggles or something like i'd like to think that me as an almost 30 year old can appreciate still that like there are some things that teenagers should not be forced to do (laughs) 
this is such a breath of fresh air, and even considering that it was made in 2017, I'm assuming, um, it still feels like it's aged quite well, which is a very hard thing to do, even though like they're talking about Snapchat or whatever, and probably in five years we'll be like, oh, how quaint, but considering how fast this stuff moves, um, I feel like they're kind of able to uh, portray it in a sort of a universal fashion, I would say. But um, yeah, I really like this film, and... <clears throat> Despite the fact that the cringe factor is so high, and I know that you hate that, um, I thought that you would appreciate it because it is such a small little world. Um, so yeah, without further ado, Ricardo, what did you think of this film? Well, like a bit of uh, inside baseball, just to say that we were meant to be recording this for the last episode, but then we had to <laughs> record Near Dark beforehand because it was a Halloween pick for the for Dublin Digital Radio. So if I misremember or have forgotten <laughs> things, uh, this is the reason. Also, it is 2020 and my brain is <laughs> frazzled with anything. Consider also while you were talking about the adults, my brain just went to automatically trying to categorize which ones were the most likely to vote for Trump. <laughs> in the current election cycle oh my god then, the wine the wine mom that like totally fancies the dad hi you're mark's girl right yeah oh your dad was such a huge help with the spring fundraiser thank him again for me will you uh she's one of those people that <clears throat> vote for trump but because mike pence is vice president oh <laughs> Which, in a way... He's just a good God-fearing man. Yes. <laughs> also known as a failed politician, <laughs> turned talk radio host, turned politician. Uh, coming back to this movie, um, <laughs> I like I did like it. Uh, like you mentioned uh, a few seconds ago, that I can't deal with cringe that well, uh, considering that this movie <laughs> is about 45% at the very least cringe moments uh, it would have fit better in the horror section for me than anything else that did cross my mind and, and then it did also increase the cringe factor for the fact that like a lot of it I could relate to because I like I was bullied in school I had that kind of mentality that you go oh yeah i'm suffering now but i'm so much better than the people that are torturing me right now so this is the way that you try to process and then mm. you say to yourself that you're special and then you turn 30 and realize that you're not special either and it's yeah it's still dealing with the damage that you did there but at the same time you're not as damaged as you were when you were a teenager because you can deal with it better but you're dealing like you're when you were 16 you're oh i can deal with this now because everybody else is a failure and when i'm 30 i'm gonna be special and then you turn 30 and you're like yeah i'm not getting out of my pjs today because it's 12 degrees outside and i do have alcohol in the house and when i was a teenager i probably would have wished that life would be the way that it is now but now while i live it i'm like oh, i could be much better but <laughs> but i get to eat whatever i want yeah. whatever i want <laughs> Uh, I I do have to say that I did miss like one of my favorite thing about uh, high school movies, in particular, B movie horror movies, is when they cast like a forty year old man, and you have him say things like, "But the adults don't know what it is like to be young." Uh, he clearly looks like fucking Robin Williams in Jack. I'm telling you, he's our age, but he looks 40. Jack Powell is a grown-up on the outside. Why ain't he in school? But on the inside... Marco! Polo, he's all boy. I did appreciate that... It, like, and even the fact that it's like pre, pre-teens in a way. or They're mm. like... Uh, what middle school they call in fucking America? Yeah. Confusing fucks. They have like fucking 10 graduations and like every time. <laughs> so many proms. <laughs> but basically that they're like middle schoolers. So usually you'd be expecting the if they're playing middle schoolers, they'll get like 
somebody that is like high school or something to to play even like for legal reasons so you can shoot for the entire day etc but like yeah everybody looks their age and they feel their age and the movie mm. captures that quite well and it made me think of uh uh to all the boys i used to love or whatever the fuck uh, that movie <laughs> to was all called. the boys i loved before yeah that's the one <laughs> <clears throat> the the one that alludes to the fucking Julio Iglesias song about fucking 20 women before getting married. To all the girls I once caressed, then may I say I the best. Which is why you want to think about when you're watching a teenage romantic comedy. But, uh, like a duo. Peter Kaminsky, forever, you have no soul. But so. that movie, uh, one of the, the big flaws was also that the dad uh, is, you know, <laughs> the actor playing him, like, I think hey. it's quite literally a guy that was like one of the boyfriends in Sex and the City. He was Aiden in Sex and the City, yeah. and he was not just one of the boyfriends, he was the one who proposed to Carrie, and she cast him aside but, twice. But even if he hadn't been in Sex and the City, Lovely. if you had told me that he had played um, a boyfriend or somebody in Sex and the City, I would have gone, <laughs> yeah, that checks out without even checking the IMDb. Well, then- Crucially, though, he was also in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. <laughs> Yes, and uh, that doesn't really uh, put any fucking arrows in his bowstring. But uh, in this movie, you have Josh Hamilton, who is like theater trained actor that like has a really long relationship with Kenneth Lonergan for the- uh, theater pieces. That's why he pops up oh. in uh, Margaret and in Manchester by the Sea. Uh, oh. He was. Oh, I didn't realize he was like thesp. He's really good. Oh yeah, like he's a thesp. Like he got one of his first two first roles that he got were because of his theater experience. Because he uh, he's in Noah Baumbach's first movie called Kicking and Screaming. Oh. But like, I think that he brings that kind of like ability of having being the goofy dad. But without overplaying it and becoming mm. a kind of caricature of a father. But then also having the skill that when he has to have the emotional chops. Mm. Because really, like what I felt, one of my favorite things in movies is when the movie is secretly about fathers and daughters or fathers and sons or mothers and sons, mothers mm. and daughters. That it's kind of hidden that that's really the center of the movie and at times it makes me even forget like really other dodgy shit like i it took me a couple times to watch that what's the name of that richard curtis movie um with donald gleason oh about time yeah took me a few times to realize how (laughs) creepy and fucked up that movie was because uh, i kept of uh, (laughs) movies that have not aged well yeah because i was really uh focused on bill nye and stuff and i was like oh that that's quite cool but then it's like yeah all the rest no 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 no. but he uses donald gleason as well it's richard curtis does this so much where like he will he will put an actor in there where you're like Oh, but he's so lovely. Isn't he just a big doge when it's like, oh man, his behavior is really so questionable. Um, woo, woo, woo. Love, actually. And uh, I think that when it comes to this movie, like uh, uh, that part of the movie, it's quite well handled. It's very real. And mm-hmm. you realize that both have to meet in the m- middle to make the, rela- the relationship work. And... Uh, it does it really well. Uh, I think that, like you mentioned, there's other parts of the movie that uh, don't have as much success. Uh, mm. Like, I think particularly the part about the, the weird boyfriend, like he seems like straight out of a Wes Anderson movie. Uh, you know, like the, the dinner scene. You uh, you like chicken nervous, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I got a 20 piece and I also got two of every kind of sauce. But, you know, if you have a favorite sauce and want the one packet of it, you can have mine. I like all the sauces equally. 
and in a way it's like it's cute he's weird and like they're weird together and that mm. like date that they have is very awkward but they're both being awkwardly cute together but in that scene it's the only part that it feels like a 30 year old wrote yeah you know like the the result well, i can imagine is, bo burnham was like that kid but yeah no most kids are not like that kid <laughs> And also it's the, the bit that it's, I don't know, it's, uh, it, it just felt the most like movie-like, mo- that and then also the the friend that she's like forced to hang out with because the soccer mom wants to ride her dad or something. Uh, yeah i quite like that little the little thing when she answers the door and she's like oh your dad's not here (laughs) dude but there's a bit that like in the movie itself that for example when she gives the gift and it's like a board game or something yeah i I thought that where the the you, you know, I don't know, like, uh, clearly she's also wealthy because you know, it's a high school movie in America. Everybody's fucking filthy rich. You know, like, <laughs> you know, you have this gloss that is like, I don't even know what city this is set in. It's just like middle fuckers, nowhere, Kansas. The <laughs> the houses that they're living in, this like, mansions probably cost a hundred grand or something. Um, they yes it is insane the like monstrosity houses that you can buy in like texas for no money it's bizarro yeah but then you also have to live in texas so <laughs> it's supposed to... hey hey if we were doing our civic duty we would be moving to swing states and <laughs> very much voting yeah, and there then spend 15 <laughs> years waiting to get your fucking citizenship and never be acknowledged to be a real american just being a fucking brown boy no thank you uh <laughs> and the, just being a brown but i think that in that scene in particular is that you know you have things like uh, i can relate not being able on the moment to know how to relate to people even when you're faking confidence and stuff but mm. at the same time, you know what's cool and what's not. You know, yeah, there's bits she... that she's not as clueless. She's in the know, mm. but she's not. That's the sad bit of that kind of thing is that I know what it's cool, but I just don't know how to be that, you know, mm. and I like the, the fact that she's also not particularly special in a way she's clearly like Mm. special to her dad obviously but in the sense like in the grand scheme of things yeah she'll probably achieve things but you you wouldn't expect her to become well known in any field you know like somebody she seems to be the type of person that'll uh, hit her stride when she gets into college and meets her Mm her circle or whatever and then uh she'll have a decent career in whatever field and a decent life or whatever and that's not kind of like her dad i suppose exactly like, yeah you know you know he had a nice house and you know obviously we don't really know what his, her, her mother left i think is that but that's whenever the other conversation like she's you know she doesn't pass away but she leaves um which I think they, they, that's quite well handled that they don't really explain that until later. It's kind of like it's just a sort of a thing in the background. But at the same time, like he clearly, you know, has a good job, could provide for his daughter and, you know, his life is going fine. Doesn't seem to have to go to work or have any stress. <laughs> or... Yeah, he is. He does seem to have a pretty chill life. Man, maybe maybe we're all wrong as our, you know, young urban people maybe we should be aspiring to live in these tiny little towns and you know suburbia mcmansion well like a suvs but when it comes to, like i think it's it deals with it really well and like from uh, like you said and from my own experience growing up as well when you get to that age it it does become quite strange whenever you have to deal with families that are still united let's say Mm. because 
so much of what you do when you are a teenager is about what you think is normal. So even like dealing with dads and stuff, I used to be terrified of all my friends' dads because they didn't have like mm-hmm. an experience with a dad, let's say, you know, it's or even I I would feel not particularly bad, but feel strange when having dinner in a friend's house and it's like uh, the nuclear family kind of set up mom and dad and everybody's like well off and know each other and lived in the same city for years and you'd be like oh i wonder how this feels like you know but yeah like uh, i thought that like possibly one of the issues that i had the movie is that it's not particularly memorable as uh, like moment Mm. by moment i especially considering that there's been a gap from watching it to recording but Mm. even something like again i'm saying that this is vastly superior but uh all the boys that i loved before i remember moment by moment but for all the wrong reasons and <laughs> skate kitchen i remembered a lot of it like i still do for the right reasons mm-hmm. because even though i had my issues with parts of that movie it was memorable in execution in certain parts and when it comes to this movie i feel like more like in the whole i remember things but some scenes are very cinematic like the pool party mm-hmm. and then there's like so many scenes that are like they have that Netflix look, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. That Netflix. Uh, the Netflix factory. Like the discount Stranger Things look, you know, that is just. <laughs> it's not quite televisual, but it is very. Oh, we're just going to shoot Digital. this with a good camera and light everything completely flat or something or like everything is kind of realistic but not really let's shoot everything on bright sunlight um but then like the movie does in parts become quite cinematic as well and it became it called attention to the mediocrity of the other parts yeah i know what you mean i didn't find it like jarring or inconsistent or anything. I feel like they're all kind of stitched together well. Um, but yeah, there are definitely moments of this that are like uh, visually really strong. Um, also, <laughs> I have the like countdown for the video on the um, Apple computers. The like, what I loved about um, her her videos as well is that like. I can imagine people looking at that and going, why would anybody do that? Like, why would anybody think that's good? Like, that's so ridiculous. But I literally know YouTubers who are almost that awkward and have like 300 views and and yet do a video all the time. And it's like, you know, and and like in saying that, we record a podcast every week that no one listens to. But (laughs) we're not socially awkward. We're cool 30 year olds. Um, Uh, It was something that I, thank you for reminding me because uh, it's something that I, I felt as a false note in the movie because mm. um, not the videos themselves and not the quality of the videos, but it is the fact that ha- they have zero views because in high school, what would yes, have happened zero. is that they yeah. d- everybody in high school would have watched it and then bullied her over it. Like mm. that's the like because she clearly shares it on her uh facebook or instagram or whatever like that's what she does kind of thing knowing how teenagers just grab on to what matters to you and then make you suffer for it like uh they're very good at fucking they're such monsters <laughs> so like i think that they would have found that kink in her armor I kind of, I get what you mean. I think you're you're kind of right, but and I think the first time I watched this, I definitely had that fear that it was going to be discovered and you know, this whole thing was just going to get even worse. Um, but I wonder is it kind of like a comment on she's so invisible that they're not they're, they don't even care, which is is almost like worse that you know they don't even even like the super duper mean girl isn't even like she's just like 
I don't I don't I don't even want to look up my phone at you because you were so inconsequential to me like they, they don't even care to bully her you know which is kind of like dark <laughs> and <laughs> like but uh, I think that like the the biggest issue I just want to touch on before we go into our like end of the road kind of be, uh, well, end of the room. Well, who knows what's Jesus. gonna happen on Tuesday? <laughs> oh no! Um, that I'm much closer to it than you are. <laughs> well, like Detroit is across the river, isn't it, or something like that? I'm, yes, I'm a bus ride away from it, like from a fucking dumpster fire. But uh, <sighs> I do think that the the like everything else that I've picked apart in the movie has been really like nitpicking I think that in a way I liked the movie um, and I think it's a better movie than I than what I thought of it but it just because mm. I it's so cringy and also cringy in a way that I relate to that I, I can't say that I enjoyed watching it but at the same time it's like uh, it's a very subjective way of looking at the movie. So part of it, I can't criticize the movie for being successful at doing what it set out <laughs> to do. But I think that the, the, the only like true issue that the movie has, it's, it's uh, the way that it deals with sexuality, I think is very cack-handed. Like it's very what? Like it's not, what did you say? That it's cack-handed. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but it's walking to my head. I think that it's. I don't know. I might have made it up right now, but I I think that it is like a little false, but also it's the only bit that it feels like oh yeah, it's written by like a twenty-seven-year-old forgetting how it was to be a teenager, because Mm. no matter how kind of like uh, sheltered you are, by the time you get to like being her age, thirteen, fourteen. You might not have seen a blowjob, but you know what a blowjob is. You know, it's not like this mm. kind of. See, you still have this kind of like weird middle of the road situation that you're kind of uh, interested in the uh, opposite sex or your own sex, depending on your orientation, but that you're mm. sexually interested in whichever point of view you have. But at the same time, you still feel a bit of disgust towards it because it's it's new. You're going through like, you know, like if you're a guy, you're fucking waking up in the morning going, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) I think as well, and particularly for someone like Kayla, who lives in like such middle of the road America that... I, you know, she's, she's not, there's no way she's getting like, you know, that there's like a little bit of like the sex education thing in this, but it's like the same thing where they like make them watch a video and, you know, she's not like talking about it with her peers either. She's just like absorbing it through media. So it's, it's this like weird thing. I remember having like diary entries from this age where it was like, like fully, fully disgusted by it, but at the same time, like, like, no, it's a you're right about the kind of the disconnect of it. That it's like your body's kind of doing one thing, but your mind's kind of doing another. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> which is quite funny. And I think it's quite clever that they pick like somebody that is not a particularly handsome or cool to be like her object of affection, kind of thing. But I think that <laughs> he's so he's so like he is exactly who you fancy at that age though it's so perfect because he's just he's, he's just a little shithead and like has like the hair and like it's he but he's so he's so gangly and like he is his age which is what i love as well that like you know the the music cues and everything of having him in slow motion is like completely how she sees him but like he's not like sexualized either and you know what i mean it's like it's completely done through her gaze so it's not weird but like he, well like i felt a like... bit weird because if you like he's still like a minor and i think it was sexualized yeah. like uh i think if it was shot exactly the same way but it was a girl bob burnham mm. would not be making another movie do you know what i mean like if it was a 
teenage 13 year old and i know that there's like different connotations from doing one to the other but i think to like you have to get like a middle ground that you can talk about uh, sexuality and stuff and i think particularly the scene when she's in the car and there's the guy trying to make advances to her is dealt quite well but like in this movie i think that it does really well in all the other parts but Mm. when it comes to like and i'm not saying for the whole movie that's the issue because there are good moments when it relates to sexuality and stuff even like whenever her dad walks in and she's not doing anything she's just but because you're Mm. you know you have this sense of guilt for thinking the wrong thing so if somebody's in the same room as you while you're having that thought you throw the phone as as she does in the movie but uh, I think that there's a very good scene when they uh, the high school kids are talking about how life has changed since they're in high school she's a different generation than us she's She's not a different generation yeah she is She's four years younger than us. I mean. Okay, but people who were like four years older than us felt like fucking fifty years old. It's like blatantly not. Your true. sister? My sister just sucks. Okay, but like, on top of that, she didn't have Twitter in middle school, and we did. That made us different. Kayla, you're not different than us. <laughs> yeah. When did you get Snapchat? What grade? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. And I think that that's the moment that it's kind of like, yeah, Barnum was able to put himself the same way kind of transition and see how the high schoolers would feel about the generation coming after them but i don't think that he was able to quite place himself in the writing for sexuality in the sense of like nude pics and etc because you know they do it a little bit too openly the the idea of Oh, he broke up with her because she wouldn't send him nude pics or something, you know. Mm. He's a little bit too seedy in a way for that, you know. It's, uh, I don't know, it's, you make a kid. Yeah. Like, the rest Uh. of the movie is really well balanced, like you said about, like, the the mean girl quote-unquote is just somebody that is just not interested in Kayla and has zero interest on like meeting her down the middle because they have none of the common interests none of the anything you know and Mm. I think that even the point that Kayla makes is that she tried to be nice and she wasn't nice to her back it's not that they weren't friends you know it's Mm. just common decency and I think that's quite uh admirable and uh quite nuanced but making like the kid straight away he's like yeah he's a creepo uh he just wants to uh, yeah he he is it's a little bit too extreme isn't it even if like this is actually what middle schoolers are like which i don't really want to think about because that's really fucking depressing but like he is a little bit too especially when you kind of put him against the the nerdy kid that uh she ends up friends with it's a little bit they're like two polar opposite or something especially whenever kayla herself is so like they don't push any element of her if you know what i mean like she is just who she is it's very like believable and normal and then you put her against like these two sort of like crazy characters it's a little bit too kind of you know and it's not enough from her perspective to make it seem like it's just how she sees them if you know what i mean um there's like a little bit too movie yeah which i think what you're saying about the even if she has the the like awkward friend date with your man it's like a little bit too something i don't know even though he's so cute that made me so happy it's yeah like, like you go like be oh, a nerdy friend yeah yeah like you go like oh yeah they're having a date they're like they're good for each other they match but like if it was just like somebody that was equally awkward as her rather than you know like he mm. feels like that kid from the kings of summer or something you know the the weird kid yeah did we do that for the podcast i can't remember maybe yeah i feel like we did i love that movie but yeah he's like he's too far out there you know it's like it's too extreme so what's your favorite thing in the movie um I think probably the dad and daughter relationship. Um, 
and how it's kind of subtly done and then you so the the, the big, big payoff moment is really like not rewarding but it's like very robust <laughs> if that makes sense that like when when you get to that point it has such emotional weight because he's been sort of dancing around in the in the in the sidelines let's say but you know his his presence is really important and as much as i do love uh to all the boys i loved before and i love that actor and i love aiden fuck carrie um <laughs> it, it, yeah i mean he's he's not particularly realistic and also the the uh because it's netflix and because that movie did so well of course there's a sequel to it and there's some really questionable things in the second movie. Like there's Have a whole thing it? where, yes, of course I've seen it. <laughs> uh, Peter Kavinsky. Even um, if you picked it, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> they're gonna make a third one as well. Um, it's it's oh, so well, it's based on a lot of books, I think. But um, in the second one, you remember in the first one where they like you know circulate the the picture of her in the hot tub. Um, you're they they're at like a a party like it's a korean birthday or something so her cousin's there and her cousin's like there's a whole thing where her cousin's like super impressed with her because she was the one who was like in that photograph and it's like this weird scene where it's like yeah street cred for having like people circulating underage pornography of you cool it was like what <laughs> it's just re- it's 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 bad it's very very bad but uh yeah it's it, probably that i also i do love um uh shout out to the actress who plays um kayla she um i did a quick instagram search of her and she seems like the loveliest person ever um and i i love her and i hope that she goes on to have a very successful career because she's really good in this and uh there's there's no like prettying of her you know she's just authentic which i very much related to yeah i think it's a very brave decision and also like you know considering that the way that the movie shot etc that obviously i think parts of it would be kind of exaggerating um Mm. how she's like because like particularly when it comes to posture i'd say because Mm. um but at the same time, it's like as a director must have been like very difficult to put a person of that age in the position that like, you know, the the, the actor that played Kayla must mm. be very well set up mentally to be, to be able, able to play that character. Yeah, like, yes. uh, <laughs> or if she isn't, then she like. Bob Burnham has some fucking psychiatrist <laughs> bills to uh, to cover further down the line. Because... Bob Burnham's actually a monster, and <laughs> ten puppies were killed in the making of this movie. But like, you can tell that she's in the joke as this. Yeah, there is not being exploitative towards her. It's like a performance in itself, but it's also quite mm. interesting, even the way that. They don't cover spots on her face, etc. They they let it go. Mm. But suppose maybe like she might be somebody that is really special. Going like, oh, I want the real me. Like if we're gonna mm. do something realistic, it has to be like that, etc. But mm. they seem to have had a really good relationship. Like yeah, even just like creatively and stuff. Like I think she had a lot of input in it, um, which I think shows probably helps the authenticity as well. Um, I'm not sure how he found her. Um, I feel like there was some sort of story behind that, but I can't remember. But um, yeah, she's great. What was your favorite thing? My favorite thing about the movie, I think it's uh, Kayla's performance. I think that it's mm-hmm. what uh, uh, what anchors the whole movie. Uh, if you had a good performance of Josh Hamilton, like really dependable actor like him, you wouldn't be able to have a the punch in the scene that you mentioned without Kayla also having equal chops to yeah. go back and forth. Uh, you can tell that Josh Hamilton is also like a very, uh, I don't know how he is personally, mm. but you can tell that he's a very, uh, oh, that you're not compassionate, oh, whatever, that you're able to give generous? the other person. Yeah, it's generous. Yeah, that they're... <laughs> Yeah, he's a very generous actor in the sense of like just setting up the like throwing a softball so the other person can like knock it out of the park. 
because mm-hmm. he could have been like the focus on that Acting. scene yeah, yeah. like uh, he and he does play it perfectly in that bit of uh i need to show her that i care but also i can't make it too much of a scene kind of thing because mm-hmm. otherwise she won't believe me but i think that what anchors that scene and every other scene in the movie is her performance and uh i think it'd be a much lesser like it's the kind of performance in the kind of movie that if her performance didn't work the film would be awful yeah yeah so i think that that's the my favorite thing what's your least favorite thing the small things that we mentioned like the, the, I, I don't think there's anything that's very glaring it's it's more there's just like small mistakes that stop it from being like a brilliant film you know what I mean like, I think it's a really good film and I know what you said about um, being surprised by it is definitely true as well because like like this film got a lot of hype I remember um, and I, I didn't watch it when it came out but um, I remember being apprehensive but I was kind of like I was like okay okay let's see let's see and it, it did it, like it, it knocked out of the park but there are definitely just small things that are a little kind of like meh but there was nothing really glaring I don't think what was your least favorite thing I think it's uh, like I agree with you that the movie in itself doesn't like it's it's what you want from a high school movie in a way that it's like mm. I never go into watch a high school movie thinking oh I'm about to watch one of the best movies ever kind of thing it's <laughs> there's something comforting but at the same time I think that there's almost like a barrier on the quality of a movie when it's mm. like perhaps because it's there are topics that have been explored before every time it's just because high school is one of the most focused on uh, pop culture areas. <laughs> yeah, that you can have like even TV shows like Friday Night Lights represent the, <laughs> um, the season Speaking upon of season. comfort and nostalgia. <laughs> yes. I was actually listening to an American football match the other day for the first time in ages and there was a, a player called Tim Higgins and <laughs> I kept okay. laughing every time that they mentioned him it's like Tim Higgins has the ball and I was like oh wow scary kids <laughs> but I, I, I think that there's a, a for the lack of a better word, the glass ceiling when it comes to uh, to high school movies that I don't think that even something like Elephant that tries to be its own mm. thing and artistic and stuff, I don't think that you're ever surprised by a high school movie. You can't be like that's the like you can be yeah. a, a little bit or whatever, but like you know, like everything has been pretty much done. Or if you do go like completely like bash it crazy and make something completely original, it's no longer a high school movie. It's something yeah, completely it different. It's like a second genre picture. But I you have like, like horror movies, dramas, comedies, yeah. fucking mixtures of one and the other, low budget, high budget, fucking alien invasion movies, fucking <laughs> everything that could be. Oh, like, I love the faculty. There's fucking. <laughs> yeah, like you have like. Oh, yeah. The North Koreans have invaded America. This is a high school movie with fucking whatever. You know, like there's... If a movie has been made, it has also been set on high school. Like, you know, there's been the... the Even like something like Dazed and Confused. Like, <laughs> yeah, which is just quintessential Linklater hangout movie. It's still like... It's not really touching any new ground. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. But is it like, I think that there's a limit for high school movies that they're never going to be better because they never can truly surprise you. Like for them to be mm. high school mu- movies, because you like, uh, 
not to say um, I haven't seen it yet, but there's a, a, a high, uh, sci-fi movie called The Vast of Night is on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. That I, I really oh, want to God, watch it. But uh, like I've heard that there's like scenes set in high school, but it's not really mm. that thing kind of thing. But I, the characters walk through a high school at one point. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> it's the bit that I think it's that ceiling. But uh, when it comes to this movie per se, in a granular level, I think that the only bit that I, is an actual misstep rather than a mm. matter of opinion is the sexualization of the guy i think but also mm-hmm. i think that it's the balance is the only time that it's also the the way that you say about the we talked about social media and it's clearly made by somebody that has a very nuanced relationship with social media mm-hmm. uh the sexuality bit it was more like oh sex bad too soon <laughs> kind of thing and it's like <laughs> Yeah, it's always too soon because shit happens and we never prepare the kids before shit start happening. I reckon the sex education should be when you're six and you don't know what the fuck. So whenever it gets to it, you know what's going on, you know, like it's like completely theoretical when yeah. you're six. Yep. But yeah, Tell them when they're young. But that's uh, my 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 bit anyways. Uh so, uh, where can they find us, Orla? <laughs> Something new and different. Uh, they can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter, at The Rec Game. You can email us at TheRecommendationGame at gmail.com. Sometimes Orla checks that email. Uh, <laughs> you can also find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud and on Dublin Digital Radio on Mondays from 11 to 12 GMT. Uh, in the middle of the night <laughs> EST um, what else uh, you can also support independent Irish radio um, on D- Dublin Digital Radio's Patreon and really just support lots of Patreons Patreons are good um, and support your local lefty YouTuber also please <laughs> next week's film is Ricardo's pick Ricardo what, what part of the globe are we travelling to we're going to 60s France because yeah. that's what uh, we need. So we're going to watch uh, Le Demoiselle de Rocket 4. Genevieve. Very Would exciting. Come to the musical in a while. Yes. Uh, <laughs> maybe this time. This time. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, until then, I was Orda McGuinness. And I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you next week or the week after. Bye.